Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business and wealth to the next level. Guys, we are live. Welcome back to the Next Level Business Podcast. This is Josh Pathy here with Shane Mara, and we got an awesome guest for you guys. Eric Sue is in the building here, legendary marketer. What's going on? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks for being on. So, yeah, he was, uh, Eric's working on a new book. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But as always, we like to get the backstory of how entrepreneurs get started, where they came from and where they are today. So Eric, why don't you kick it off? Let us know uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was the ultimate failure growing up. So almost got kicked out of high school um, for not wanting to go to this one class. Almost got kicked out of college because I just want to play World of Warcraft and poker. So I had like six withdrawals and one F my first year. Um, I got fired from two jobs. <laughs> so, you know, to my parents' eyes, it's like, dude, wh- what are you doing, right? Um, but, you know, thankfully was able to kind of um, parlay all the stuff I learned from gaming from about age eight to about age 22. I didn't realize till later that all that stuff would actually apply to real life. Um, and thankfully it worked out um, so far, you know, knock on wood. I, I feel, I still feel like I'm very much getting started. Um, so that's where we are today. And then uh, a couple of marketing businesses, um, I invest in, you know, MarTech SaaS companies. And uh, yeah, you know, my thesis has always been has always been to take the cash flows from you know one business and just go find more durable or more exponential sources of revenue and just plow the money back into that or plow the money back into the business. Um, so yeah, that's where we are today. Um, and happy to talk about any of the stuff that we're working on. So did you ever work in corporate America or you've been an entrepreneur your, your whole life? No, oh, I have. So I, I've worked at a couple. So about when I first started learning uh, digital marketing from about age, let's call it age 23 till 25, I changed jobs like five times. And it was because I was chasing the opportunity, not so much the cash. The cash wasn't that interesting to me at, at even that age. Um, I think probably because my parents used to argue about it all the time. I was more interested in learning, learning, learning and and getting better. So I wouldn't feel like I was left behind because I used to feel like I was left behind in, in school. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I, I stayed ahead of the curve. And um, by age 26, I was running marketing uh, for an online education startup and I was managing 10 people, had no idea what I was doing. Uh, by age 27, I took over this agency called Single Grain. Um, I bought it for $2 out of pocket and it was like my, I'm air quoting my first M&A deal. I had no idea what I was doing, um, <laughs> but I was able to get the company for $2 out of pocket and I put in a contingency um, saying that if the company failed, I would owe nothing. And so it was seller financed, um, but we were able to make that work out. Uh, it was a lot of sweat equity. Would I do it again? Probably not. So, how did so, you uh, how did you go from almost failing out of school to uh, doing what you were doing at the young age of twenty six, running a company? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think all of this, you know, ties back into how I look at the world. Like, it's when I was at about age ten or eleven years old, when I used to play these games, I would wake up super excited. And I was just like, man, like you know, people talk about real life. Like, I just, I, I, I hope I can find something where I have the same excitement waking up every day, and that excitement you know, led to marketing and it led to business. So every single day when I'm waking up right now, like it feels like I'm playing a game, right? Like if, if I'm, you know, you know, people talk about, yo, yeah, you got to meditate, you got to work out, you know, you got to sleep optimize, you got to journal and all that. I do all that, but like each and every time I do that in, in, in the morning, like I'm getting stronger and stronger. So I'm like, you know, I, I put in the book, like I'm powering up, I'm getting like, 
So to me, I'm playing a game in that respect. Like us doing this podcast right now, it's a game in itself, right? Like we're building a relationship. This is going to go out to, you know, a lot of people are going to see it, you know, for the time that we're putting into it. Um, and we might meet each other in person someday. Um, so to me, it's like, this is like a long-term investment. We're making deposits into the, the relationship bank, just like you guys did a bulk order for the book. And I appreciate that, but that's making deposits in the relationship bank, right? So there's little games that we're playing within everything and everything in life is just a puzzle, right? And so when I look at it from that perspective, if I look at it as I just need to get 1% better, level up every single day like that, um, and it's a game that never ends, then I'm just going to keep playing until I die. So, Yeah, and speaking about the book real quick, um, so we're going to be giving away uh, 25 copies of the book, uh, Eric's new book that he's going to be talking about. If you guys want to get a copy, uh, make sure to send a text uh, with the keyword Eric to 972-284-0506. Uh, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get you a copy of that. So uh, text the word Eric uh, to 972-284-0506. And that is an app that I actually learned from you guys' podcast, which is a community app. So oh, nice. <laughs> Thanks. nice. Josh, yeah. I want to call something out real quick. That two comma or three comma club, bad, the, the, the freaking plaque that you have in back of you, yeah. that is a game in itself, right? Because the guys over at ClickFunnels understand that, hey, they can get you to rally behind us. You feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself, right? And um, you get to build that relationship with Russell, right? You, you, you take that picture with him, right? So everything has dynamics to it. It does. It does. It works good. It works well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, so uh, how did you... Did you just happen to hear about single grain and then you made an offer on it? Tell us a little bit about that process and how you discovered it. Yeah. So, you know, the story with the company I was at, I was at before Treehouse. So I came into that company and then um, I, the CEO promoted me and then the guy that was my predecessor before me, he quit because he was pissed off, like justifiably so. Like this, this kid comes out of nowhere, right? Um, has no idea how to manage. And I had beaten out CMOs and other VPs of marketing interviewed for interviewing for the job. Like he took a chance on me. Um, and so, you know, he, a month into the job, he says, Hey, like, if you don't hit this numbers this month, we're going to have to fire you. And like, usually when you come into the company the first month, I shut off all the ads because I wanted to find out what the hell was going on. Um, so at that moment, he's like, look, 80 people's families, they're riding on your shoulders. Like, you know, and then at that moment, I'm like, okay, do I panic or not? Thankfully, we had a great team, we had a great product, you know, great CEO. We were able to turn the company around because from my poker days, I decided to make an all-in bet. Oh, you're going to fire me. Okay, here's all-in. All-in, I bet all on YouTube ads and it works, right? And um, we were able to raise our Series B. The company was saved. And so Neil, my podcast co-host now, he saw what I had done with that company. And again, it's just me adding marketing. We already had a great foundation, right? So I'm not going to act like a, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take a ton of credit. Um, and so he's like, hey, look, you helped, you helped save this company. Can you help save this one? And to me, looking at single grain from the outside, I'm not too interested in service businesses because I look, I come from tech, right? I thought my poo-poo didn't stink. I thought it was so amazing, right? Um, and so I was like, but but you know, then I reframed and in my head, I'm like, look, if I can save a crappy company because the work we were doing was an SEO agency, the work we were doing was no longer valid because Google changed their algorithms, right? So the business model didn't work anymore. So can I go fly a plane while changing the engine while it's going down? Can I do that? Right. Cause if I can do that, my bet was I can do anything. Um, and so that's, you know, Neil basically teed it up for me and I didn't really want it until I reframed it in my head. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, I was part of a sinking ship. So. Hey, talk about how, so you have all these, you're a young dude. And what are you doing that makes you stand out to the boss where he passes up all these other high level execs and this young kid gets the opportunity to run with that? 
Yeah, I think it's probably, you know, because now I'm sure you guys do the same thing. When I interview executives, people that have done the job, you can tell that they're kind of, um, they're not, they don't bring the energy that they once had. And so for me, I was bringing, I was pointing out the problems, plus I was bringing a solution, plus I was offering to solve the solution. Um, and so you don't typically get that. When you're interviewing high-level executives, um, they're not going to bring you the newest ideas, right? So, and, and he also knew at the time, he was making a, a bet because usually as, as part of a startup, you don't want to hire a really seasoned executive. You want someone that is, they know their stuff and they're up and coming and they have the potential to manage, right? So it made sense for him to make that bet as well. Um, because if you go too senior, then what ends up happening is they, they want a lot more resources and they're not able to do the work anymore. At that time, you know, he you know, with 3 million in annual recurring revenue, it wasn't huge. Um, you know, he was, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to make a bet on this kid. And uh, thankfully that bet worked out, even though it was a short bet. So. And then fast forward to the day, what do you do that keeps this thing going? How do you stay fresh and what's your secret to continually going to that next level? Yeah. If you were to strip me to take away everything, I would still be doing the same thing. I just love learning and I love teaching because teaching articulates my thoughts. And so all any audience that we've been able to build, whether whether it's leveling up or marketing school or even our blog, when I first took over the company, our blog was getting like 3000 visits a month. Now it's a little better. It's at 350,000. Um, but like, you know, it's because we kept learning, we kept teaching in public. Like I, when I'm in uh, pre-COVID, I would teach at, you know, USC in, in, in LA and I would teach at Pepperdine, right? I would teach at the colleges. I wasn't getting compensated or anything. I just love teaching. So fundamentally, I'm a teacher. What are some of the mark? So oh, over the years that you've been in marketing, what are some of the stuff that has, hasn't changed? Like is blogging still like, I know blogging has been around for a long time and People say like, you know, SEO is dead, then go to paid ads and back and forth like that. What are some of the strategies that are still working that have been around for a long time? I think what's going to continue to be evergreen is people that are building audiences or more so communities, right? Communities are, they're a moat. And so whether it's as simple as buying a Facebook group or um, having a having a live event, as an example, that's a community. A community is when people are connecting with each other and audience is when you're talking to everyone. Um, I don't think that's going to go away. I think the mediums will continue to change. Like, you know, obviously clubhouse is taking off right now. And then, you know, you see Facebook and Twitter copying them, right? I think that format will stay for the long term. Um, you know, but these social channels kind of come and go right right now. You see the organic reach on TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts. Those are really strong LinkedIn as well. Um, but who knows what's, what, what it's going to be in five years. I think it's just milking these you know, when organic reach is very strong and then just moving on to the next one, I think that's the playbook. I think, um, you know, even though I'm known for SEO, um, I think SEO will continue to get harder and harder. I would just, if I was starting from scratch today, I'd focus on, you know, these organic channels, whatever, wherever my audience is hanging out, grow that. Like look at Charlie D'Amelio, right? She did really good on TikTok and then she, she branched out to Instagram and she does all this other stuff now. Um, then I'd focus on the channel, grow organically quickly. And then once I have resources, if I want to get into SEO, I'd go buy other websites, right? That have traffic already. And that's a shortcut to winning SEO. So. Gotcha. So um, about 2012, uh, 2013, when Google did the Panda Penguin updates that wiped out a lot of people, what were you up to at that time? That was exactly why I was brought into single ring without the penguin and Panda updates. There's no way I would have been, would have been brought in as a number two to help save single grain. Um, and single grain was a much tougher challenge. Um, but yeah, we basically overnight, 
all the work that we were doing, all the employees that we had un- trained on certain processes, that was invalid overnight. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of hard lessons. I'm happy to talk about that. But um, yeah, I basically, when I took the company over, by the way, I made it go from bad to worse because I had no idea what I was doing. So when when, uh, when you wake up one day and like you, you have all your eggs in one basket, which, you know, a lot of people did, they were, you know, I, I was running a blog at, at the time. We were doing like AdSense arbitrage. Yeah. Is a, a keyword uh, niche websites. And uh, so how do you navigate in that you wake up one day and like, hey, everything's changed. We've got to rewrite the whole playbook. Uh, and like, how do you do that nowadays? Because things are still changing every, you know, every day. Yeah. I mean, there's a concept from uh, Andrew Wilkinson. He's a, he has a company called, uh, or it's called a holding company called Tiny Capital. And, um, you know, he takes the profits from his web design firm called What Meta Lab, and he just goes and buys other businesses. Um, and so I, I think that's super savvy because he talks about this concept of a launchpad business. It could be a service business that generates great cash flows, uh, or it can be like an e-commerce store or even a drop shipping type of thing where you have I don't know about dropshipping, you have a good cash flows, but let's just use the agency as an example. Um, you can take those cash flows, which has always been my bet, right? Like, how can I make, I'm going to make this asymmetric bet on this failing company, but if I win, my my upside is unlimited because I'm going to have, have these cash flows and, and this is my funding source every year and I'm going to go de- redeploy it, right? And my my downside is if I lose, um, I, I get an MBA basically, right? I get to learn a lot. Um, and so anyway, I, I looked at single rain as a launchpad business and, um, you know, let's get it, let's get it working again. And then, you know, can we quickly start to, you know, uh, diverse, diversify the revenues, right? So right now, let's say with the marketing school podcast, we have a, a, a contract, a, a podcast contract that basically pays us a million dollars a year. And it's, that's almost all free cash flow, right? Um, you know, once we bring our events back, that's almost all free cash flow as well. And then we, we have a training program that's tied to that too. So that's three sources right there. You add in single grain, you add in click flow, and then um, you add in like, you know, stock investments, passive investments, all that type of stuff, right? So I don't know who said this, but you know, the concept of having seven income streams or most people have like nine income streams, whatever, once they get things going, I think it makes a lot of sense because back in the day in 2012, I had a lot of PTSD from that. Um, I, I thought I was going to lose everything. Uh, even my outside accounting firm called me and said, Hey, it might be time to shut it down. And I actually had verbally agreed to taking a job offer in Dallas. And I had actually looked at apartments there and, uh, thankfully I didn't do it because that company is now no more, but, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So it was a scary time. <laughs> so, uh, you talk a lot about like your strategy to grow by acquiring companies. And, uh, I know like listening to you guys podcast, you always mention like, uh, buy like the freemium products, like, you know, I guess Neil bought Uber suggest and added it to his thing. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit more about that strategy? Is that what you guys primarily focus on to grow everything? Yeah. I think once you get to a certain stage, I think, um, you know, let's say you've operated a business, you understand the context. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that make the argument you should buy before building. And I would say maybe the caveat is it would be a lot more helpful if you learn how to operate first, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, um, what I would say is it it makes a lot of sense because right, right now I'm looking at a seven million dollar a year uh, agency. Um, so I, I, you know I'm in Miami right now. This company is kind of up north a little bit, and um, you know to buy that company, let's say they're doing one point five million a year in profit. So if I put a three x multiple on that business, four and a half million dollars um, to acquire it, you know I I don't 
necessarily need to put up that much money up front to acquire an agency type of business. It might be 30% up front. So let's call it, you know, uh, 1.5 million, right? And then the rest might be an earnout. So if I'm thinking in that respect, you know, where I get this team and they can help me with all the other things I'm working on right now, plus they have current clients already, plus they have a great, you know, they have, they have a, other assets, maybe websites and things like that. I'm actually buying this company almost for free, right? Um, I'm not really paying much for it. So it's like, okay, all of a sudden I've added 7 million in top line. And plus, realistically, if I combine it with all the other stuff, all the other benefits they're going to bring, the other intangibles, maybe that's another like, you know, 3 million in intangible benefits, right? I'm just, you know, this is how I think about it. And so um, to answer your question, yes, um, Neil looks at it that way. I look at it that way. It's just a faster way to grow because the pain of having to, you know, start something from scratch and build it up, there's just a lot of work in, in the early days. And I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, that's one of the things we always talk about. There's no reason to start a business anymore from scratch. It's just too hard. Yep. It's just too much work. Yep. You always want to buy cash flows. Yeah. Tell me again how, how you sit on that particular example. You threw out being out maybe 1.5 million on the purchase price of that. How did I? I wanted you to explain for our audience again. How did you assume that you get to where that's basically free? Talk to that yeah. one more time. So okay, like if we think about it on the. Again, we'll, we'll go with a 4.5 million to acquire the company. So we put down 30%. Okay. So that's, let's call it 1.5. Um, and so if we put in the 1.5, um, here's the thing. If I, if I make a, make a deal with them and I say, Hey, like, you know, give me 60 days to come up with the money or whatever. Right. So I can defer. If I get to defer that out and then, um, they have cash flows already, I can just use their cash flow, cash flows to pay for it. Right. Now, let's say maybe there's some redundancies with team. Like those redundancies alone, if we uh, let's say we have to give people severance and we unfortunately have to let some people go, um, that might cover the monthly cash flow that we have to pay for the company. And so we can use the cash flows from the acquisition and basically get it for a quote unquote free. That's how I look at it. I got you. Nice. What does a day in the life look like for you? Well, uh, I mean, you know, book launch tomorrow. So I'm, 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 uh, doing podcast till 1130 Eastern tonight. So I think it'll be worth it. But, um, my, like, I think the, the thing that's been most helpful to me is, is time blocking. So on Fridays, it's completely blocked because that's my thinking day. Um, so uh, it's unstructured and, um, oftentimes I'll come up with not a lot, but sometimes I'll come up with some amazing stuff, right? This is where I'll think about like, you know, what should I start doing? Stop doing, keep doing what's really frustrating me right now. Um, and then kind of, you know, what are some other opportunities, right? Maybe I can just call people randomly because that's how you get things done quickly. That's Fridays. Um, Mondays, these are all, um, meetings with my, my direct reports. So I have a GM that runs the, the, the software business. So I'll talk to him. Um, you know, he has like his team meetings and all that. And I'll, I'll jump in on like, we have a brand meeting for people, my team that's helping me with all the brand stuff, right? Like whatever you see on Instagram, we're trying to, you know, boost kind of what we're doing on, on TikTok and Instagram or Instagram reels, that type of stuff. So we have a brand meeting for me, but anyway, it's mostly group meetings and one-on-one -on -one meetings. So all the meetings are taken care of on Mondays. Um, Thursdays, it's all content. Um, the difference right now is today it's Tuesday. I'm, I'm on a podcast tour right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm filling things up with podcasts. And then I try to keep Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, I only take phone calls from, you know, till, till noon, basically uh, Pacific time. And then the rest is just blocked off. And so I can, you know, have space to kind of just, you know, unplanned time. Cause I find that whenever I jam my, my schedule with a bunch of calls, it's um, I find that I don't get the most important things done. So. Man, that's super interesting what you went through. The, the thing that uh, fascinates the, me the most is do you take all day Friday just for thinking? I try to. Um, it, it's not always like that, but I try to get at least half day in. So, 
That is amazing. So John Maxwell wrote a book a while, a long time ago, and I, I read this book and it, it kind of changed me. It was called Thinking mm-hmm. for a Change. And the book, the premise is, you know exactly what it is. People don't think. Yep. And with the advent of the cell phone, thinking came to a screeching halt. What little we did prior to the cell phone was gone after the cell phone came into place. And it's such a valuable thing that nobody does. But how valuable is that thinking day for you? I, I think it's everything. Just, you know, silence, right? It, it's so even like this is why I think, um, you know, I used to think meditation was a bunch of like a waste of time. And but like to be able to sit there and think with your thoughts and not think about, you know, the future or or the past and just sit in the present, like that's already a lot, right? Just being able to sit with your thoughts because you, you don't have to react to everything. But even just sitting and, and strategically thinking um, when there's no other distractions, maybe you're just, by the way, I find it to be most helpful when I'm walking. And I'm just randomly thinking, and I'll just stop on the side of the road and I'll just like write whatever like thoughts come to my mind. Um, but I'll have like certain th- prompts every week. And I, I think, you know, my, my other buddy um, that lives in, in Florida, he blocks his Fridays out too. And he just goes, sits on, he sits on this egg chair and he just thinks. And most of the time he comes up with nothing, right? My other friend, he blocks off his Wednesdays. So I, I think it's, if, if you don't block off time to think for yourself, then you're just going to be doing other people's to-do list the whole time. Okay, so let's, uh, t- talking about the uh, book launch, let's get into the book. So tell us, you know, what's the premise of the book? What's, what can people find in there? Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the premise as it relates to kind of this audience is, you know, life is just a game. If you think about it, it's just a bunch of puzzles. Like I mentioned earlier, like, look, if I'm looking to get a deal done, like the things that we talked about earlier, like there's so many puzzles to plug in, like, you know, at, at the service level, it's like $7 million company. Like people might think, oh, I could never afford that. Right. But reality is if you adjust some things around, you, you play around with the puzzle, it actually works. Um, or, you know, building relationships with people, me hanging out in clubhouse, right? Like tonight we're doing something. Um, we're, we're doing a book launch room. Right. And like these people did it unsolicited, but it's like, because I kept making deposits into the relationship bank. Right. So there's all these mental models and these habits, um, that I, I think, you know, people, um, look, it just powers people through life. Right. So really, I mean, I wish I, I understood all these as a gamer growing up, but I think these apply for really anybody. Right. It's just understanding that, Hey, each day you're getting 1% better and you're trying to power up in the morning and you're just trying to play, you know, little games, right. Um, trying to solve puzzles with people that have a long-term mindset. Okay, so the back of your book, I'm looking at the back cover right now. It says, what happens when you approach uh, the real world like a video game? And, and you talked earlier about uh, how much you love playing games. All right, so I've got a 15-year-old son. He just turned 15, and he drives me crazy because all he wants to do is play games. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, we got to do some real life, man. This isn't yeah. going to work. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely going to give him your book. I'm going to pay him to read that because he's got ADD. <laughs> you know, he's going to yeah. struggle to do a book, but I'm going to pay yeah. him to do it. But what I'll tell you what, Shane. Yeah. So, so, sorry. F- finish your question. I think I know what you're going to ask, but go for it. Well, I was going to say, help me transition to what I need to be telling him to inspire him to try to get on the motivated path that you're on right now. Yeah. Well, Shane, did you play sports growing up? Oh yeah. Love. What'd you play? I played basketball, football, baseball, golf. Got it. What'd you get from uh, football? Uh, what did you learn? That it's that it's a hard game that I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but but you learned like camaraderie, teamwork, communication, and, and hard work. The value of hard work, right? Without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, to me, you know, 
sports is a game. Games are games, right? I think if you overtrain in football, you could tear your ACL or like blow out your biceps or something like that. Um, I think in the world of gaming, it, it, to me, it's a shadow world, right? You can definitely overtrain. So for me, like I, I did overtrain, like it was unhealthy. Like some days I would play till 6 a.m. and go get a $6 burger at, at Carl's Jr. with guacamole and like chili cheese fries and like a Diet Coke to keep the fat off, right? Um, but, but, you know, that was me overtraining. I think it's there's there's got to be balance to everything. So I think the skills I learned very much teamwork, camaraderie, resilience, right? And I've carried that over into real life, but I spent weight, I did overtrain. And so I think I wish what my parents would have done instead of taking away my keyboard and my mouse um, when I was like in my teenage years, I was just saying, Eric, why are you spending so much time? I'm just curious. Like, I, I'd love to learn about why you're so interested. It's like, what are you getting from this, right? Because I want to align with you. I want to align my interests with yours, right? And I want to be a supportive parent. Can you tell me? Um, I never got that. They took away my keyboard, the mouse, and they we, we got in big fights. We would not talk. And it was just, it was bad, right? Um, but I just wish there was that element of curiosity. Hey, you, uh, your parents were like me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes right no sense. Yeah. We, we have so many fights over that stupid gaming console keyboard and it drives me nuts so i might uh take on your advice there and try to come to a common ground with him and and start to uh have that more of a discussion like that let let me know how that goes man i'm I'm really curious i will i will and i'm gonna make him read that book i'm not even lying about that. that that's a must read for him so um leveling up is about life business as well what all categories are we looking at? Yeah, so it's really geared. I mean, to your point, so Shane, thank you for that. Um, it's really geared at my my teenage self. I wish I reading something like this would give me the confidence that hey, I I'm actually on the right track just to not overdo it. Um, and this is also for the parents as well. Uh, so I think it's for the parents to understand that hey, there's there's there are benefits and there's also ways to talk to your children about this. Um, but there's definitely the the to your point, Josh. Um, I think there's a mindset shift with with this whole thing. Just understanding that, hey, like if this is all a game and we're just having fun and we're playing for the long term, maybe we don't need to stress over that much. And you know, life is is really about you know getting the right habits, the right mental models as well. And these to me are all power ups. And you have to keep like if you go get a sword somewhere, if you keep hitting it over and over, it loses its durability, right? So you have to keep repairing all the stuff that you go around life collecting, like all these power ups that you collect. And so you know, if you look at it that way, if you look at life as a game, that's an infinite game then um, I think it's going to cause you, it's going to force you into a long-term mindset. I think, especially in the world of, let's call it affiliate marketing, as an example, like super genius marketers, right? But it's very short-term thinking. It's like, how can I make money? How can I make money? How can I make money? Me, 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 right? But then when you think about, oh, if I'm going to play long-term games with long-term people, then it's like, then I have to think long-term and I have to think about, you know, it might sound cheesy, but you have to think about impact. And when you go for impact, all the, you, you make more than you ever would have dreamt of anyway, so. Awesome. So guys, if you guys want to get a copy, once again, we're going to give away 25 copies on the show. Feel free to text us, uh, 972-284-0506. Eric, you want to tell where people can reach you? Uh, You guys have any special events coming up? Yeah. I mean, so um, Neil and I actually have an event tomorrow. We're going to have our live events come back Q3, but the best way to reach me, um, you can go to our website, levelingup.com, or you can uh, just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Eric O S as in sugar, I U Eric O Sue. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I know you're busy podcast touring. How many more podcasts do you have today? Uh, Like five. Five. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's on the book. 
uh, looking forward to it and getting, uh, you know, diving into it. Um, thank you so much for getting the podcast. Any last words you want to leave people with? Yeah. Shane, did you want to say something before I, yeah, I do, man. I love your energy. You, you, Appreciate you it. Energy that is inspiring, bro. I'm an old dude. I wish I was your age and Josh's age, but I'm a little bit older, but uh, you, you truly are motivating and inspiring. So I appreciate you just uh, taking part of this and, and uh, we can't wait to follow everything you do, man. I appreciate it. I, I think, you know, we're all just getting started, right? So that's what it is. But my, the, the, the two words I'd, I'd leave everyone with is uh, just be patient. All right. Be patient, guys. Write it down. You heard it here first. Thank you for coming all on right. the business podcast. Uh, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Eric, thanks again. Good luck on the book tour. And uh, we'll be sending out those uh, books to you guys. If you want a copy, make sure to text in. Take care. Thanks, Thanks for having for me. Job,